Well, it's very, very good to be with you here this evening and to be here with you this morning as well. Uh, it's nice to see a good group come out in the evening, and it's really nice to see all the children and the young people out as well. And pray the Lord will also work in your hearts. I'm just going to give a very, very brief report of Mexico City. Those of you can stay to watch the video presentation afterwards. Um, that'll be wonderful. It'll be a little more extended to see what the Lord has done. You can see people's faces and uh, th those different things. But uh, Danielle and I have been down in Mexico City since 2010, and the church began in January 2012. Now, we're in Mexico City, which is one of the world's largest cities, and we have a metropolitan area of about 20 million people. We're talking with your ministers. So he seems to be the, the population of Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland, Wales, and Scotland, all together in one city, if you can imagine that. And so there's a great need for many churches, a great opportunity for the Lord to do a great work in Mexico City. Uh, we've been down there for almost, well, the church has been going almost 12 years, and, and from a group of 13 that began in our home, uh, the Lord has blessed us, uh, saving people. They've been baptized, brought into the church, have about 100 people on Sundays. And we pray the Lord will continue to do his work there in Mexico City. And we're especially grateful for what the Lord has done among the men in recent years. We have two young men who are training for the ministry. They're under care of our North American Presbytery, and they're studying um, for full-time ministry. Uh, Ruben's in his last year, and Pablo is in his second year. And so we're thankful the Lord is raising up um, local men to serve him. And they like would like to plant churches someplace, and we're praying the Lord will guide them, whether they would do that in Mexico City or someplace else. We also have three men in our church who are candidates to be ruling elders. And Lord willing, we'll have our first uh, elder election as a church coming up at the beginning of this next calendar year. And it's a big step forward, as you can imagine, for our church to be able to have local men to come alongside the pastor and to, to govern the church and to pastor the church. And we're thankful that the Lord has allowed us over the years to not just have people come in and be saved, but also to commit themselves to the work of the local church and to be trained and to have that desire to serve the Lord uh, in that way. And it's not just our local church because the Lord has been opening doors over the years uh, with other men and other churches in Mexico. We're now six churches together, five of us in Mexico and one church in the Dominican Republic uh, that we're working together to form, Lord willing, in the future a Mexican presbytery. Now, two of the men have been ordained, and their church is constituted by our North American Presbytery, and the other three churches uh, are in that process. As you can imagine, that's a great blessing to us, because we went down on our own, uh, just Danielle and I, no one else, and the Lord has brought along these other men for fellowship, and given them a desire as well to serve the Lord as part of the Free Presbyterian Church. We didn't go to Mexico to extend the name of the Free Presbyterian Church, but the Lord is using this denomination in countries that the founders may not have even imagined that the Free Presbyterian Church would go to. And so I want to encourage you with that as well, because as you're here in, in Analong and in, in Ulster in general, and you can think about what the Lord's done in the past, and, and there may be, at times, uh, a small discouragement that things are not as they used to be. There may be discouragement at times that the Lord does not seem to be working as he did in the past. First of all, we know that the Lord is sovereign in how he works, and sometimes he does it in ways that we can't see. But also, the Lord is still doing work, and he is still building his church across the world. And even though many times it's in places with people that we don't know and will never meet, the Lord is still saving his people. He is still building his church. And in the family of God, in that larger body of Christ, it is growing, and the Lord is doing a great work. So we ask you to pray for us and to be encouraged by what the Lord is doing in Mexico City. 
and also in other parts of Latin America. And if you do have questions, I'm happy to answer any questions after the service, if you can watch that video presentation. Um, also, we send out a prayer update every couple of months. We have prayer cards that I put in the table there in the entrance. Um, so you can participate with us in uh, the missionary work there in Mexico City. But it's not just sitting here and, and hearing and maybe seeing the report and then there's really nothing that can be done. Every one of you, every Christian here, can be involved and should be involved, should be participating in some way in the missionary work of the church that the Lord has given to us. And that's why I want us to study this evening. If we'll turn to Acts chapter 13, I really want us to meditate on that thought of how we can all participate in the missionary work of the Lord. Acts chapter 13, we're going to read verses 1 to 5, and then we'll go over to Acts chapter 14. And read the last few verses of that chapter. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, we'll begin by reading verses 1 to 5. Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work wherein I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also had John to their minister. Over in Acts chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 21. Acts chapter 14, verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down into Italia and then sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. Amen. Let's pray, and we pray the Lord will apply his word to our hearts. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come back to your house this evening to continue with our, our worship, to continue in this Lord's Day, enjoying the fellowship of the saints, enjoying the preaching of the word, enjoying reading your word and singing together. Lord, we pray that you would open hearts this evening, that you would help us all to understand your word and that your Holy Spirit would apply it to our hearts. Lord, we pray that you would help the children and the young people, as well as the older folks, to be able to understand and then to apply this word to their lives. Lord, I pray that you would work. In Jesus' name, amen. While not every Christian is a missionary, every Christian should be involved in missionary work. It's very simply what I want us to understand this evening. I think it's important to understand both parts of, of that sentence. While not every Christian is a missionary, every Christian should be involved in missionary work. 
Now, when I say not every Christian is a missionary, I want to clarify because you may have heard other people say things I want to be very clear and understandable what I'm trying to say. Every Christian, without a doubt, is a witness. Every single Christian is called to evangelize. Every Christian is called by God to spread the gospel everywhere that he can. That's beyond doubt. But I think it's also very necessary to be precise in the terms that we use. And historically, the word missionary is a term that's been reserved for those who go to witness for the Lord in another culture. Most often another country, but at least in another culture, to another people group. And I think it's a very important distinction because the danger of saying every Christian is a missionary, wherever you are, at his home, at his job, at his neighborhood, is that nobody is really exercised to get up and go someplace else. People are very satisfied to say, I'm a missionary at home. I'm a missionary at my work. I'm a missionary at my school. And with that, they put aside even the possibility that the Lord could call them to go witness for him and evangelize someplace else. And so that's why I make the distinction. Every Christian is a witness. Every Christian is called to evangelize, spread the gospel. But not every Christian is a missionary. God has called some specifically to leave behind their home what is comfortable, what is normal, and go serve him someplace else. At the same time, to avoid going to any extremes, a missionary is not a super-Christian. A missionary is not someone extra special that just because they've gone to live in another country. In a very real sense, a missionary is doing the work of any Christian or of any pastor just in another place. Living for the Lord and spreading the gospel and preaching the word in another culture, in another language, another place. There's some specific things involved in that, like leaving behind your home and learning another language and learning another culture. But a person is not someone extra special just because they've left home and they've gone to a different country. So not every Christian is a missionary. But every Christian, without exception, is called to be part of the missionary work of the Lord. And we can see that principle in these two passages that we read today. They want us to see two things. Some Christians participate in missionary work in their own local church, and some Christians participate in missionary work going out as missionaries. Very simply what I want us to see. But whatever God has called each Christian to do, he or she must be involved in some way in missionary work. So first of all, some Christians are involved in missionary work in their own local church. Why do I say that? I think it's absolutely impossible to overemphasize the importance of the local church in missionary work. Now, we understand many times a missionary goes out to another place to plant a local church in that country, in that culture. But here I'm talking about Christians involved in missionary work in their own home local church that trains and sends out and supports missionaries. That's one of the emphases we see here in these two passages. We go back to Acts chapter 13 and verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. It's important to start at the beginning. This is the beginning of Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey. But verse 1 does not start with Paul and Barnabas. How does verse 1 start? Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch. Now, think about that, because we know a lot about Paul and Barnabas. They were the famous missionaries of the Gentiles from Sunday school, and our children, we teach them about Paul and Barnabas and their missionary journeys. 
But how often do we think about the local church at Antioch that sent out Paul and Barnabas as missionaries? But we should. Because the local church is important. The local church is an essential part of missionary work. This local church, Antioch, was an active church where various people were serving and ministering. That's why we have in verse 1 this list of these men, not just Paul and Barnabas, but other men as well. And I'm sure other people who are not listed here were working in that church. This was an active church. There were various men working and ministering in the church, not just Paul and Barnabas. And this was a church that was clearly training men, teaching the people the word of God. And the Lord chose some from that church to go out someplace else. That's the first thing a local church always does. We participate in the local church. We attend church. We listen to the sermon. We don't just attend church to attend church. We come to listen to the word of God. We come to be taught. In the Sunday school, our children are taught the word of God from a young age. We try to do the same thing at home. In the local church, that's the first place where men and women are trained with the word of God to possibly go out someplace else and spread that good news. It starts in the local church. Now, of course, everyone should be active in the local church in one way or another. I'm not just talking about, uh, talking about the pastor or the Sunday school teachers. Everybody in the church is important. If you think about it, you may say, well, I, I don't teach, so how can I be training future missionaries? So I have two little boys. You know, when, when the children come into the church, and they're not just ignored and pushed to the side when the adults are, are greeting them and saying hi to them and smiling at them and, and acting like they're part of the church. That's so encouraging. That's an important thing that every one of you can do. And who knows what the Lord, who the Lord might call out of the children here in this church to go someplace else and serve him as a missionary. And those words of encouragement, that smile to the children, acknowledging that they're an important part of this local church, that's important. You can encourage the parents. Sometimes as parents of young ones, it's difficult. We, we think maybe it's not getting through, that that training's not really getting into their brains. And some of the older folks can encourage the younger parents. The Lord is using that. You're sowing the seed. Don't be discouraged. The Lord will use that. The Lord will train up your children. All those things are important. A local church can be a place where future missionaries are being trained. You don't even know it. And especially you Sunday school teachers, especially those of you who are involved with children or your own parents, it's so important not to lose hope and to know that you really are just sowing the seed and you may not see the fruits for many years down the road. And I say that because the Lord called me, the Lord gave me a burden for mission, missionary work when I was seven in the Sunday school class of my local church. Don't downplay the importance of the local church in missionary work. But then Paul and Barnabas here were sent out. This local church was active. It was training missionaries. It was training people. But then it was also a church that sent out missionaries. We see that here in verse 2 of chapter 13. In verse 3, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whence I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So if the church is a training ground in general, and here specifically in this context for missionaries, well, the church then has to be ready to send people out. The church has to be ready for the Lord to call young people, older people, to leave the local church and go someplace else. That's not always easy. Because as a pastor, it's not easy because you, you love to see the kids and young people grow up in the church and, and stay and become part of the church. We want that. But Lord sometimes calls people to go out and to serve the Lord someplace else, and that's good. 
We should be praying for that. We should be encouraging that. Do you think the local church at Antioch would have been happy for Paul and Barnabas to have stayed there and to have worked in the local church at Antioch? Of course. Two men with gifts like that, what a blessing that was to the church at Antioch. Was it difficult for them to send them away when the Holy Ghost called them? I'm sure it was. But a healthy, growing, active local church should be encouraging that and praying for that and, and, and being ready for its best members and its best young people, maybe, to be called by the Lord and to go out and serve him someplace else. This was a church that sent out missionaries. And again, I direct myself to the, the parents here and to myself as well as parents of young, uh, a parent of young children. We have to be willing to send our kids where the Lord would have them to go. I know it's very natural to want your kids to grow up and to stay close to home, at least fairly close to home. And it's natural for you to want your grandkids at least somewhat close, at least in the same country where you can see them and spend time with them. And how difficult it may be to think of my child, my grandchildren going to a distant land where I only see them every few years. But our children belong to the Lord. And we should be praying that he will use them in whatever way and willing to send them, willing to let them go if the Lord would call them to go someplace else. But obviously some of these men in the church here stayed. The local church continued to function here at Antioch and as they sent out their missionaries, they supported them. There was an active local church that was training missionaries. They sent them out, but those who stayed behind in the local church at Antioch supported the missionaries they sent out. We see that over in chapter 14. That's why we read those last verses there. In Acts chapter 14, verse 21, we see this is the end of their first missionary journey. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. Down in verse 26, it says, And then sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. So it's one thing for a church to train up missionaries, to send out missionaries, but then what do you do after they're sent out? You can't forget them. It's one thing to send them out, it's another thing to support them. To support the missionaries who have gone out to serve the Lord in a different place. And that's what this local church did. We see it here maybe a little more implicitly. But it is clear because Paul and Barnabas, when they finished their journey, where did they go? They went back to their home church. They went back to the church where they had been ministering and serving, the church that sent them out. They gave a report, as we'll see later on, that's what a missionary does. But they were comfortable enough to go back to the local church. It says here in verse 28 of Acts chapter 14, there they abode long time with the disciples. Well, they wouldn't have stayed a long time if they weren't comfortable. And so it's clear this church had not forgotten them, but had been supporting them as they were out on the field, at least in prayer, if not in other practical ways. And that's what we should be doing as well. Every local church can be involved in missionary work in that way, supporting missionaries who have gone out. At the very least, remembering them in prayer, praying specifically for different families, for different countries, for different places, supporting the missionary in the different ways that are, are possible here back home. Those things are important. And I just really want to emphasize that because it is so easy as a local church to think, well, the missionaries go out and they do this work and it's amazing and I don't have any part in that. I'm never going to go to Mexico City. I'm never going to be a missionary someplace else. But the work that you are doing here in this local church, 
is just as important as the work that we're doing in Mexico City. Your participation in the missionary work of the Lord in this local church is what is the Lord is using in Mexico City and across the world in those different missionary works. You are important. Every Christian here who is involved in some way, you're important in the work of the Lord. You're important in the missionary work of the Lord. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that, to continue to be an active local church where people participate because Please remember, the Lord has not saved you just to attend church. The Lord has saved you and brought you into a body, into a family. And each Christian here has something to do in this local church. And each Christian in this local church has a part to play in missionary work across the globe, even if you stay here in Analong for the rest of your life. You are involved. You're an important part in the missionary work of the Lord. So we see that first of all. Every Christian is involved, should be involved in missionary work, and some Christians are involved here in their local church. But then secondly, some Christians are involved as missionaries who go out from their local church. I don't want to forget that part either. Go back over to chapter 13, and we see how the Holy Ghost called Paul and Barnabas in verse 2. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. When they fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. We, hear the, we see here the descriptions of these men who were sent out as missionaries from Antioch. As I already mentioned, they were ministering in the church. It says there in the beginning of verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Paul and Barnabas were active in their local church before they went out as missionaries. It's very important to understand that if the Lord is going to call someone to be a missionary, that person is going to be already involved in some way in their local church. Because you don't suddenly and miraculously get a desire to serve the Lord and, and, and share the gospel when you cross the border into another country. If the Lord has called someone to be a missionary, it's someone who's going to be already actively involved in serving in their local church. As Paul and Barnabas here in this passage. As they ministered to the Lord, they were called. They were called internally, the Holy Spirit called them, and they were called externally by the church. They fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them and sent them away. It's always important as well that the supervision, the authority of the local church in our context, the presbytery, because again, it's not just one day you're going to get up in church and say, the Lord's called me to be a missionary, and people throw money at you and off you go. There's preparation, there's oversight, there's the call of the church before we send out people to the mission field. Exactly as we see here in the book of Acts with Paul and Barnabas. Now what do missionaries do when they go out in the field? We saw they were ministering at home, they were called, they were sent out. What did they do? Acts chapter 13, verse 5. When they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And over in Acts chapter 14, in verse 21, when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many. That's specifically what Paul and Barnabas were sent out to do, to preach the gospel. That's what the missionary does. A missionary is sent out to another place to share the gospel with people who need to hear about the good news of salvation. And I mention that because that's probably the most obvious thing in the world. However, there is a bit of a movement in our day, in, in the more broadly evangelical church, for, towards a more social gospel and a more social attitude in sending out missionaries. I want to be clear that we do not send out missionaries simply to feed the hungry and clothe the poor. That's a good thing. Many times missionaries do that. Many times that's involved in missionary work and it's a good thing to do. But it's not the main reason to send out missionaries. Why? Because unbelievers can feed the hungry, clothe the poor, and teach them to read. 
but they can't share the gospel with them. And that's what the Lord has called us to do. And so when we send out missionaries, the primary thing that they're doing is sharing the gospel. And these other things will come along with it. These other good things will be part of the ministry as well. But we send men and women out to preach the gospel to those who have never heard and are on their way to hell. That's what this world needs. That's what the missionary does. We can see very specifically in here in Acts 14, verse 22, what Paul and Barnabas were doing. Not just preaching, but it says when they came back to the churches, they were confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So Paul and Barnabas were not just coming along preaching here and there. They were establishing churches. They were discipling believers. They were exhorting them to continue in their faith. It says in verse 23, when they had ordained them elders in every church, they were establishing healthy, biblical local churches with a biblical church government as they went around to these different places. It's important to understand, and that's not just on the mission field either, right? That's here at home. When you have a pastor, when there are pastors in all of our local churches and our denomination that don't just preach the word from the pulpit, but also come alongside their congregation and pastor them and disciple them and teach them and visit them and suffer with them, it's such a blessing. You should be so thankful for a minister like that and pray for more. It's no different on the mission field as well. We need to do that. Not just to be preaching the gospel, but then to come alongside the people and help them and live with them and work with them and come alongside them in their time of suffering and need. We need to be praying in all of our churches that the Lord would establish elders. The Lord would raise up elders. Because coming here through Ulster, and you probably understand from the North American side, there's always been this idea of Ulster, the land of revival, and every church is full and there's no problems and obviously that's not true anywhere. In all of our local churches, whether here in Ulster or in Mexico or any place else, how much we need men coming along that are willing and capable to serve as elders in our local churches. And many times that's pushed aside. No, there are, there's still men doing that. Well, we need the younger men to come along as well and take up their responsibility and take that commitment to the local church and come alongside the minister and serve as elders in the local church. And in Mexico, we've been praying for that for a long time. If the Lord allows us to have the elder election coming up in January, February, it'll be 12 years since the church was established and seven years since it was constituted before we'd be able to have elders. And that's been a long road. But that's what a missionary does. Preaches the gospel, disciples believers, teaches them, and prays that the Lord would raise up men in order to establish elders in every church. And of course, the missionary comes home as well. That's what we see in verses 26 to 28 of Acts chapter 14. We can't forget that part. It's also important. This is upon Barnabas' return to Antioch. Verse 27, when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. That's what we're doing on this trip. We have a video presentation for reports. Paul and Barnabas didn't have video, but it's the same idea. They came back and they gave a report on what the Lord had done on their missionary journey. And that's to be encouraging to the church, that the church will, will pray or continue to pray, that, that the church will support the missionary. And it's also to encourage the missionary to come home and know that people are praying for them and people will continue to be praying for them. So as I say, that's just as important. And what the Lord is doing in Mexico is, is as a result of the prayers of God's people all over the world. And we're very conscious of that. 
And so it's important to come back and give a report so people can see what the Lord is doing and be able to pray specifically for the work of God in that place. And so that's what we need to be doing as Christians. We're all involved, we all should be involved in some way in the missionary work of the Lord. Every Christian has a part to play in missionary work. And I do say every Christian, because until someone has received the salvation that God only gives through his grace, well, how can they be involved in missionary work? So first of all, everyone, everyone here needs to stop and think and examine themselves. Because this is the most important thing. Do you know the true God? Have you been saved from your sins by the blood of Jesus? Because until you're a Christian, until you're a child of God, you can't be involved in the work of spreading the gospel to other people. You need that gospel yourself. And it's not just across the world. Here at home, and in all of our local churches, I believe, there are men and women, and of course children and young people who come to church on Sundays, and they're not yet saved. And maybe that's very clear, and they're very clear they don't believe yet, or maybe everybody thinks you're a Christian. Don't ever assume. Don't, don't assume, young person, because you've grown up in a Christian family that you're a Christian. Don't assume because you attend this church that you're a child of God. Everyone needs to examine themselves and be sure that they have received that salvation that comes only through Christ. But when we have the assurance of that salvation, every Christian, every true child of God, should be involved in missions in some way. You can teach, you can encourage, you can pray, you can give, you can work behind the scenes. There's always something for you to do here in your own local church. But also some need to go. I want to emphasize that here at the end of the message because there's an there's a important balance to find here in this type of message. So on the one hand, I, I do want to be very encouraging to the people here in the local church. I want to encourage all of you as to how important you are in missionary work here in your local church. On the other hand, I don't want everyone to be so comfortable here that they don't even consider going someplace else. Because there's still a great need all across the world. There's a great need here in this country as well, but you've also had centuries, as in the U.S. and Canada, of preaching of the gospel and revivals, principles based on the Bible that other countries are just beginning to enjoy. The Reformation never came to Mexico. The only thing that came to Mexico in the 1500s was the Roman Catholic Church and the Inquisition. The Reformation started to come to Mexico 20, 30 years ago. There's a great need for people still to go and to spread the gospel in other countries. I want to encourage the young people here, and the children even, to consider what the Lord would have you to do. The Lord can work in your heart even at a very young age. The world is tempting you to grow up, to concentrate on your education and get a good job, to make good money and move someplace else or travel the world. It's tempting. But it's also very temporary. There's an eternal reward in heaven awaiting those who serve him, preach the gospel, who spread that seed here or in other places. Maybe the Lord will call someone here from this local church, young or old, it doesn't matter, to serve him as a missionary someplace else. Maybe you've never even considered it. You're comfortable here, you have a good job, in a good local church, why would you ever consider going someplace else? Because the Lord is still calling missionaries. The Lord is still calling people to go 
and to serve him someplace else. I pray the Lord would touch the hearts of people here and across the nomination in Ulster in North America to answer that call. To serve the Lord here, you have pulpits need to be filled here in Ulster as well. You need young men to come into the ministry, called by God to come into the ministry. We need men and women to go out and serve the Lord someplace else, in other cultures, in other countries as well. So don't ignore the possibility. Ask the Lord to guide you. Be open to the Lord's guidance. And if you will stay, if the Lord calls you to be here, and again I stress that's no less important. If the Lord calls you to stay, learn to pray or continue to pray for your missionaries. Pray for us specifically, consistently, fervently, for the missionary and his family, for the work that the Lord has. And learn to give or continue to give generously and sacrificially for the work of God in other places. Perhaps you cannot go, but you can give so the work may continue in other places. At the end of the day, let us all continue to trust in God's sovereignty for success in his work. I want to close looking at verse 26 of Acts chapter 14. And then sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. Paul and Barnabas fulfilled the work that God had sent them to do on that missionary journey. They had spiritual success because God always gives spiritual success in his own time. So let's be involved. Let's all do our part in missionary work for the glory of God.